Thanksgiving. And often at Thanksgiving, you have this moment where you say, why don't we all say what we're thankful for? And you kind of wait with bated breath to see if somebody says, I'm thankful for you or whatever. I'm thankful for my parents or we, we say something. And, and if we're, we often say, well, we're thankful for Jesus. And I believe that we are. But I was thinking this morning is how is it that we can actually become thankful people? Like much more than just thankful for what we have, but thankful people. And I, somewhere a month ago, I read a, a portion of Scripture and my mind went there. So I invite you to turn to Colossians 3. I'd like to, to just address Colossians 3. And I'd like for you to follow along carefully in your uh, copies of the Scripture, whether it's electronic or print, because we, we do want to focus on the passage and say, what does this passage say about thankfulness, about being thankful and, and, and grateful? And I'm going to begin by reading... Uh, verses 12 to the, uh, through 17. Then we'll look at some of the other as well. So, Colossians 3, verse 12. Follow along. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you, must all, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now you notice that thanks or some form of thankfulness is used three times in this passage. And this is really uh, interesting that the Greek word, none of the Greek words are the same. Now they have the same basis because of that idea of thanks, but each of them it carries a little different shade of meaning. And I think they're instructive to us as we understand what it means to be thankful people. Now, you also should know this, that Paul is writing this from Ephesus. And he is in prison. And he is probably hungry. He is certainly not free to go do what he wants. He's in prison. And we can kind of glorify prison, say, well, he had the opportunity to write letters Sure, but he's still in prison. He's still in jail. His rights have been taken away as a Roman citizen. He is, if he has enough food to eat, the food that he has to pay for his own food in prison. The church at Colossae, where he's writing to, had just recently been founded. And Philemon is one of the preachers there. Philemon later gets an individual letter because Onesimus, Philemon's slave, is actually serving Paul in prison. And so it, it all kind of fits together. Now, uh, let's just look at the three times that thankfulness is named here and think a little bit about this. First of all, it says in verse 15, 
end of verse, well, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Now that word, be thankful, uh, is, is a being word. So it's, it's, it's who you are, who you're supposed to be. Be thankful. Not say, thank, say what you're thankful for, but be thankful. And the word literally means grateful. Be grateful. Okay? So be grateful. Uh, and, and so how does gratefulness come about in our lives? Like, that is a really good question. Like, how can we become... You've all been around people who have been uh, grateful for the gifts of life. You, you just know them. Narita and I once knew a lady uh, who, who was... I, I would epitomize her as the, one of the most grateful people I've ever met. And late in our relationship with her, we were no longer connected, she once indicated that her life had not been easy. But she was one of the most grateful people that I've ever met for the small things of life. And, and, uh, but she had a deep relationship with Jesus. So great, be grateful. So, so that word, would, it, it would read like this. So, and, and be grateful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then it goes on. It says, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Now, that is a different word. That word really means a generous act. So it could be generosity. We would translate it probably generosity. So it says, be grateful and then, and then give. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with generosity in your hearts to God. So gratefulness and generosity, what is the difference between gratefulness and generosity? You're allowed to help this morning. How would you define the difference between being grateful and being generous? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's really good. So, so one of them is kind of a giving, and the other is receiving. That's really good. Anyone else want to talk about some of the differences? Well, let's look at the last uh, word here. And, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. And, uh, and that literally could be translated, make it a matter of thankfulness. So it's kind of all of them wrapped up. Now, I was thinking about these things and thinking about uh, how is it that I, how does this fit? So the first one, so, so it would read something like this. And be grateful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and give that out in, in generosity. And whatever you do, make it a matter of giving thanks to God through him. I was thinking about these things and thinking about, so what does this mean? Like, am I supposed to some way be able to drum up something inside of me saying, I just really feel grateful today. You've met people like that who you, it's so fake. And even their generosity is fake. You've met uh, yeah, you're nodding. Some of you are not. It, it's just, it just, it kind of gives it a bad taste. They're giving you something, maybe uh, they say, I want to be generous to you, but 
Or, I'm really thankful for all the good gifts of life, but I sure wish I had some more. Uh, this, uh, this kind of thing, I, I was thinking about now, so how can Paul, sitting in prison, write like this? And uh, it, it suddenly struck me that there are, there are three B's that I want to leave with you that, that I think make us become more grateful and, and more thankful people. And I was thinking about this, and, and I have a long way to go in this. I, it, it suddenly struck me that I have a, a really long way to go in this. I want you to notice that, that something, a, a small phrase in the middle of what we read, um, it says in verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you. Now, let the word of Christ dwell in you. So if something dwells in something, what does that mean? It's inside it, right? You agree? So you understand? So let the word of Christ. Now, I, I went actually and looked at what, what that phrase means. And, and it, it, it can mean the scriptures, but it doesn't necessarily mean just the scriptures. So, so this is more than memorizing Bible verses. This is... Actually, the best way to describe what this word means, it says, let the expressions of Christ live in you. Let the expressions of Christ be inside you. What are the expressions of Christ? Well, doesn't he just list them? Uh, Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, uh, bearing with one another. Uh, that, you know, that word means large-hearted, big-hearted, being big-hearted. And I, I was thinking about that, and I thought, oh, well, but there's another list. If you back up in verse 5, there's another list, put to death, therefore what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them away, all away. So in other words, these are Christians he's writing to, and he's, say, he's saying, put them all away. So some of these people were struggling with these things. goes on gives another list. We, we can kind of live with that first list, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. But the next list says, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. Um, and, and, and as I was thinking about that, I'm thinking, oh boy, I have too many of those things left inside of me. How do I get rid of them? And how do I move into the place where peace and love and kindness reigns inside of me? And then I went back to the, the beginning of the chapter, and I want you to notice this because I think this is key to understanding thankfulness and bringing it all together. Number one, it says, if, you, if, you, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And I want you to notice several um, uh, verses 3 and 4. For you have died and your life is hidden in... Your life is hidden not in Christ but with Christ in God. Your life is hidden. So when something is hidden, what does that mean? You can't see it, right? It's concealed. So um, this has the idea that we hide in Christ. That, that we actually literally hide in Christ in the, in the, in, in the sight of God. Uh, sorry. For you have not died and your life is concealed with Christ in God. 
Christ in God is meant to be taken as uh, being reflective of who Jesus is. Our life is hidden in that. How does that happen? How do we hide our lives in Christ? And, and then I just I want to go on and just uh, look at one more thing here. Um, it, it says, when Christ, who is your life, appears. In the original, it, it says something like this. When Christ, who is you, appears. Wait. When Christ, who is you, appears. Just previously he said our life is hidden in Christ. So when Christ who is you appears. Listen, folks. We are the expression of Christ on earth. When people look at his church, Paul is saying when people look at the church, they see God, they see Christ, and you need to let it come out of you. Now, if, it can't, if, if you can't have it come out of you, and it's going to be a journey, and, because that's what the next section is on, you need to deal with the things that you still have going on in your life. But, uh, but you, you need to admit to who we are, admit the help that we need to live well. Now, you can easily say, well, Paul, you could write this because you were in prison. We live in a world where it's much harder to do. You know what? It's not harder for us to do it than it was for them. The same call that applied to them applies to us. And the call is this. To allow the expression of Christ to rule in our lives. To hide in Christ. And notice what it says. When Christ who is you appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. It makes perfect sense in that passage to say, that that, that passage says, when Christ who is you appears, is, is made manifest in the world. When Christ who is you is made manifest in the world, then when Christ will really come, will be with him in glory, will really appear there. Does that make sense? So, so it is Christ in you that, you that really allows us to be grateful. And when I was thinking about that, I thought this is so much more than, than, than just verbalizing what we're grateful for. This is understanding who we are and who God has called us to be. And that is to be His people, His expression on earth. There is, a, there is a part of the image of God in every person on earth, but it is even more true that in the, in, the, in, the, in the church, in God's people, the image of God is supposed to start coming out of His people in many different ways. We have different gifts and different ideas, and we bring those together, and together we, Providence, makes a more complete picture of who Christ is. Christ appears in you in this world. And it's only when we understand that that we can really be grateful. Because suddenly, our world opens up and we have a much bigger world view. Suddenly, we understand that the things that, that, that are going on in our world, and this is Paul writing from prison to people who are being oppressed. And he's saying, you know what, have a bigger world view. Understand that this is not the end of everything when you lose everything. When you don't have much to be grateful for, you really have a lot to be grateful for because your life is hidden with Christ. The true riches of this world are found in relationship with Jesus. And, and generosity comes out of that. Thankfulness comes out of that. And it also allows us to be much bigger people in relationships with other Christians. Because what it does is it allows us to say, oh, there is the image of God in that person. Oh, okay, I need to connect to that place in them. So you want to live a bigger, better life, which I hear about a lot. I, I, I get some of these uh, emails, you know, live a better life, live a bigger life. 
And it suddenly struck me this week that if we really want to embrace that as believers, what we need to say is, yes, I do. But I find that life as I hide in Christ. As Christ who is you appears in my brothers and sisters. And so when my brothers and sisters do things that I can't quite figure out, um, it's easy for me, and I'm just speaking for myself here, it's easy for me to, to gossip and slander and say, now why'd they do, oh, why did they have to go and do that? You, you know this feeling? And rather than say, oh, now I wonder, uh, what is God trying to speak to, to me through them? You know, they have just as much of Jesus in them as I have in me. And when we can do that, then we can embrace the differences in our brothers and sisters. And notice Paul talks about the differences. He says, in the kingdom, here there is not, verse 11, here there is not Greek or Jew. There is not circumcised or uncircumcised. There is not barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and in all of them. In a world that Paul lived in where there were so many divisions, the Jews didn't speak to the Greeks. To the Jews, there was two classes of people in the world. Jews or barbarians. To the Greeks, there was two classes of people in the world. Greeks or slaves. To the slave, there's two groups of people. Slave or free. You know, it's all these divisions. And Paul says, you know what? When, when the love of Christ, when Christ who is in you appears, those barriers are broken down and we can begin to see the differences in people and how they bring those things together. And, and then we can then put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, large-heartedness, and if you have a complaint one against another, forgiving others as Jesus has forgiven you, And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And when we do that, then we can really be grateful and generous and kind. And so, as I I thought about this, I thought, what, what I need, what Marcus Yoder needs, I'm speaking now about myself, is for me to say, my life is hid with Christ. And when Christ, Christ is wanting to appear in our world through me. That's not vain. In fact, that should produce a humility that says, oh, wow, look, you all know your own brokenness. And and it's in that brokenness that Jesus wants to appear in our world. But I have to be willing to admit that brokenness, to admit the things that I own that that are bad, and to bring those to Jesus, and to forgive and be forgiven. Sometimes it is just as hard to be forgiven as it is to forgive. Because when we live in the forgiven state of who God has called us to, we say, I'm a broken person. I don't get everything right. I've made a lot of grave errors, but I'm going to keep moving forward in Jesus because that is where I truly find power. And when we do that, it allows us to be grateful and generous and thankful. Let's stand together. Lord, um, help us to be big-hearted. Help us to actually examine our lives and say, when Christ, who is you, appears, 
And Jesus, how do you want to appear to my world through me? And how do you want me to connect to the others that Christ is appearing through in my world? I pray that as we embrace that and that idea, that you would give us the strength to examine our own lives and, and, and take the things that we need to, to, to be forgiven to you, the brokenness in our own lives, and say, Jesus, please bring healing, bring repentance, healing, and strength to those places in my life. And help me not to wallow in what I've done or, or even what people have done, but to, to love and embrace you. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Thanksgiving and go in peace.